Bitterness is rooted in idolatry because you're saying your way is the right way. See, we live in a day and age where we can justify bitterness, but not from our Bibles. How many of us have grown hard to God because along life's way, God didn't do it right for you? As if we actually understand the fullness of the loving ways of God. There aren't many of us who could say that we aren't stubborn when it comes to doing things a certain way. We consider our way the best, even when it comes to God. As Pastor Daniel teaches today, we'll hear about some of the ways that God sees things differently, why we often struggle against Him. Simply, His ways are higher and better than ours. We don't always like it. Consider today why His purposes work for you, not against you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, I am the Resurrection and the Life. So when they teach you how to deliver a sermon, they always tell you that the preacher's got five minutes up at the top of the message to hook you so that you actually want to listen to the sermon. Now, by giving away every preacher's greatest asset, I realized that I put myself at a disadvantage, except for the fact that what we're going to talk about today is the exact reason why people still talk about and follow Jesus now 2,000 years after Jesus came and lived on the earth. What we are going to look at today is why Jesus is hands down the most important person who has ever lived. And the truthfulness and the reality of what we're going to see today has not just an impact on what we believe, but should have an absolute impact on how we live and why we live. So to let the cat out of the bag, the topic today is the topic of resurrection. Life after death. Jesus is going to reveal himself as the one who defeats death. And what's amazing about that, you can read all sorts of quotes by people as it relates to death. There's a couple that I pulled out that I thought were were really fun. I think of someone like philosopher Albert Camus. How many of you read Camus at some point in school? Yeah, I'm, I'm still praying for you. <laughs> you, re- you read Camus and he says these crazy, crazy things about things like life and death. He said that in the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is that we outlaw death. He said, neither in the hearts of men nor in the manners of society, there will be no lasting peace until we outlaw death. That's a pretty profound statement, isn't it? That there will be no peace known to humanity until death is outlawed. Woody Allen, in his quite ironic way about him, said this, I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve it through not dying. It's pretty smart, isn't it? 
Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that I agree with Woody Allen on anything, but I do agree with him on that. He's like, I, I don't want my work to make me immortal. I don't want to die. I want to be here. And this is why I think Jesus is different from every other teacher. What we're going to see today. So I want you to open up in your Bibles. We're going to cover a lot of ground today in this chapter. But open up to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. As we continue this I am series, we're going to take this next I am statement in John's gospel, chapter 11. So the fourth gospel, the fourth book in the New Testament, the last third of your Bible, I'm going to take almost the entire chapter here, which if you've been around Crossroads at all, you realize that that could take a long time. But I'm going to do it in less than 40 minutes. I believe that God is miraculous. And you're all trusting that, right? You're like, oh, no, here we go. Verse 1 of John chapter 11, it says this. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So we have the stage being set here. We find out that there's a man who is sick. His name is Lazarus. And he is from Bethany, which is the town of Mary and Martha. And then a few verses later, we find that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are all family. They're brother and sister. Now, of course, Mary and Martha are very common if you've been around the Bible at all. Luke chapter 10, remember, Martha was busy serving because Jesus was there. And she gets upset with her sister Mary, who's sitting at the Lord's feet. And she's like, Jesus, you got to talk to Mary. I mean, I need some help here. And, and Jesus said, hey, listen, now, Martha, you are stressed out about really a lot of stuff here. And I'm not going to take this from, from Mary. So we've heard of those two, but now we find out that there's a, a brother, his name is Lazarus, and he is sick. Now, in verse 2, we are reminded of a story about Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. So in your Bibles, you can go and you can read that in Matthew 26. There's also a version in Luke's gospel of the same story. So Mary was well known in the biblical account for blessing Jesus by anointing him with oil, preparing him for his burial, and being so extravagant that he would even, she would even wash his feet with her hair, right? So you're getting this thing all framed together. Notice in verse 3, therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So what we have is there is this man, Lazarus, who Jesus loves, and he's sick. So what's the principle for us? Issues precede miracles. Issues precede miracles. Now, I think this is important because nothing miraculous has ever happened that didn't first begin with all sorts of issues. And that should be encouraging to you and to me. Why? Because we all got issues, don't we? You can't be a human being 
and not be like, man, there are issues everywhere. I have issues in my family and I have personal issues and I have health issues and I have financial issues and I have interpersonal issues and I have existential issues. Everybody's got issues. But if there's no issues, there's no need for a miracle. And anytime God intervenes in a situation in a miraculous way, it is always preceded by a problem. Now, I don't know about you, but in my life, issues are just issues. How do I fix the issue? How do I get rid of the issue rather than saying, Lord, this is your great opportunity to be miraculous in my life? Brothers and sisters, if you have issues, then you're a prime candidate for God to do something miraculous. Because miracles always follow out of issues. You wouldn't call it a miracle if it didn't first begin with a problem. And that is a much different way to look at our lives, isn't it? Isn't it? Instead of saying, oh, it's an issue and (gasps) saying, Lord, are you going to do something miraculous because of the circumstances? Issues precede miracles. And notice what Jesus says in verse 4. He heard that Lazarus was sick, and it says, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, if you know the story, you know that ultimately Lazarus is going to die, but Jesus is going to resurrect him from the dead. So it's interesting that for Jesus, he says, look, this sickness is not unto death. From a human level, he does die, but Jesus raises him up to new life. But notice what he says. And I think this is important for you and I as we look at our issues. He says, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Whatever your issues are, whatever the circumstances are that you're like, I need God to be miraculous. That's true. Verse 4 is true for you and for me. That God wants to be glorified through the issues of our life. That the Son of God may be glorified through it. Do you realize that the circumstances you find yourself in is God's opportunity to declare his glory? Now, don't get me wrong. When I read that, I'm like, look, do we really have to have these big issues? I mean, Lord, can't you just get glory and it not be like a big calamity on my part? I know it. He gets glory through everything, ultimately. But it's when the big things happen and you and I learn how to trust the Lord, we start to see God's hands at work in the most horrific of situations. When I look back on my life, when my mother passed away from cancer at 49, there was, I mean, that was as bad as it gets for a 21-year-old guy. It was bad. And I look back on it now and I say, Lord, you didn't have to do that to get glory out of my life. But Lord, what you have done, despite a horrible circumstance, is absolutely breathtaking. I look at the life change in my life alone, let alone what God has done in my family and friends, all these people around this horrible situation. And you say, wow, Lord, thank you for showing yourself through the issues of my life. I know what I found in every, even not only the big ones, but even the little issues, when you commit your life into the hands of God and you say, God, I trust, even though I can't fathom how, 
that you're going to get glory through this issue, you will see the most extraordinary things from the Lord. But issues precede miracles. Now, in verse 5, look at what happens. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so when he heard that he was sick, verse 6, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe, nevertheless, let us go to him. Now, think about the context. Mary and Martha send for Jesus because Lazarus is sick. They know Jesus loves his family. And they come, they tell him, and then Jesus starts talking, and then Jesus says, it says that Jesus loves him, that he delays, and Jesus doesn't come. <laughs> you read this and you think to yourself, what is going on? You should. When I go through this again, you're going to be like, I can't believe that this is all happening here. But this teaches us something super important, something that we know, but we struggle to know, and that's that God's ways are different. God's ways are different. God doesn't do things the way that you would do them or that I would do them. And I think for most of us, we struggle the most profoundly in our faith and trust of the Lord because God doesn't do things the way that we would do them. We think that God ought to do them. And God's ways are just different because God is God and God sees all things and God knows exactly not only the outcomes but the outgrowths of all the things that go on and God has the bigger picture in mind. Of course, this reminds me of Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 where the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. <laughs> now, we know that to be true, but we can admit that we don't like it so much, right? Because for many of us, many of us here right now, either in the sanctuary or watching online, your issue with God is that somewhere along life's way, you prayed that God would do something that God didn't do. You say, if that's the way God is going to be, then I just don't want it. Because God's ways are different and God's purposes and plans for our life don't run in the same directions as ours often. And I don't think it's wrong to admit, God, I struggle with the fact that your ways are different. But what happens is, is that for many of us, we become bitter because we think God did the wrong thing 
And really, your bitterness is rooted in idolatry because you're saying your way is the right way. See, we live in a day and age where we can justify bitterness, but not from our Bibles. How many of us have grown hard to God because along life's way, God didn't do it right for you? As if we actually understand the fullness of the loving ways of God. Now, I realize that's a challenge. And it's a challenge for me, too, because I have found in my own heart, I can get bitter because I think I know the right way. And if God, if you're really loving, this is how you'd be as if us understand what really loving really is. Because I don't know about you, I've never had a truly, fully loving day in my life. I've never truly loved somebody with the self-sacrificial love of Jesus. But look at all the ways that God's ways are different. Look at it. We have a number of them here. Look, verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So we know that Jesus loves them, but God's love is different because then it says in the very next verse, so when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days. You could imagine for Mary and Martha and the disciples, they're like, oh, so he loves them, but he ain't going to show up right away. I mean, if you call, if you get sick, really sick, you call the doctor. And if it's on the weekend, you go to urgent care. And if you can't go to urgent care, you go to the emergency room. Why? Because there's a sickness and this is bad and we need to get this thing done. And Jesus, the great physician, delays. See, God's ways of loving us is different. God's timing is different. And when you start thinking about God's timing, it's, it's just an amazing thing. How often does God not work on our timetable? And it frustrates us, right? Lord, you needed to do that already. I mean, Lord, don't you know what's at stake here? This is a big deal. And the Lord is silent. He doesn't move in our timetable. And because we live in an efficient quick culture, we say, man, God must not be there. God's ways are different. God's timing is unique. And we have to learn and say, God, not my will, but yours be done. Not on my table, but on your timetable. Because Lord, your ways are higher. Your thoughts are greater. Not only that, I mean, look at what happens next. And this is kind of one of those things where you're like, wow. Look what happens in verse 7. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? (laughs) Finally, two days later, Jesus nonchalantly decides that it's time to go to Judea. Right? And he goes to the disciples, okay, let's go. And they're like, dude... Last time we were there, the Jews sought to stone you. And, and you guys know, that means, it doesn't mean like they were like going to share a hookah with Jesus. This is like stone them with rocks to kill them, not stone them with marijuana for fun's sake. Right? And they're just like, what are you doing? But Jesus's and God's interpretation of the events of our life is different as well because Look at what Jesus says in verse 9. He says, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. See, when Jesus is talking about uh, there's 12 hours in the day, he's saying, look, I'm about my father's business. And guess what? Nobody can do anything to me unless it is within the father's plans. 
So he's saying, look, so they're all freaking out? The, the Jews want to kill me? They can't touch me until it's the Father's time. See, Jesus says God's interpretation of the events of your life and of my life are different. Because oftentimes for many of us, we have some opposition and all of a sudden we're like, okay, how do we fix this? Because opposition is bad and God is not in opposition. Jesus doesn't do that at all. Jesus says, look, I'm about my father's business and no one can do anything to me unless father lets him. He's talking about I'm in the light. When I'm walking in the light, nothing can happen. When it's time for darkness, then I'm going to stumble. How many of us have chosen not to go forward with God, what God has laid on your heart because all of a sudden you're worried that something bad's going to happen. The disciples are trying to dissuade Jesus from going because they don't understand the circumstances. They don't understand what God is doing. They don't understand that Jesus has an appointed hour and the Jewish leaders can do nothing to him until that appointed time. And the same is true for you and for me. See how all the ways God, he interprets the situation differently. His love is different. His timing is different. God's ideas about healing is different. Look at what happens in verse 11. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. And his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. I love these verses here. Because the disciples think, oh, listen, he needs to rest. He's sleeping. Lord, don't go wake him up. But Jesus is like, no, no. And he's going to explain to him, look, he's, he's dead. The dude's dead. But I go to bring him back to life again. Do you realize that God's ideas about healing is different from ours? Our ideas of healing is the absence of anything negative. But God brings life out of negative. See, do you remember the story of Jacob? Remember Jacob, he was a swindler, heel catcher. But then when he's on his way back, he ends up, he's going to run into his brother Esau, who many years earlier, they had gone sideways with one another. And he's trying to figure out, how can I make sure Esau doesn't kill me and hold my wives and my family? And he decides he's going to give Esau all this stuff. But before he gets to deal with Esau, he has to deal with an angel of the Lord. And Jacob and this angel wrestle all night. And ultimately, the angel just popped him in the hip socket. And Jacob spent the rest of his life walking with a limp. We would not call that healing. But God likes his kids with a limp. Why? Because he also changed his name from the heel catcher to Israel, governed by God. See, our ideas of healing and God's ideas of healing are different. Because God's ways are different. And not only that, the way God views death is also different. Because in verse 14, look at what it says. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Now, I don't know about you, but if you lose a loved one and Jesus says something like this, someone's bound to try and slap them. Jesus is real. God's ways are higher than our ways. That's what Pastor Daniel spoke about today. Because many of us struggle with that. We want God to do what we want. But His purposes aren't always known to us. That's okay. We can trust that they're right. 
God is doing some amazing things with Jesus is Real Radio. It's our vision to see Jesus is Real Radio on more radio stations worldwide and to help change lives across the globe. You can help see this vision come to life by sending a gift of any amount to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Again, to send a gift of any amount to Jesus is Real Radio, simply send your gift to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share a little bit about death as it relates to Jesus and the resurrection. Death means loss, but... For believers, it isn't a permanent state, just a transition into eternity. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled, I Am. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.